0: Hallelujah. I'm wondering if anybody right now could just lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus, I love you, God. And I thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you go ahead? (laughs) Oh, yes, Lord. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Go ahead. Why don't you let the Lord touch you right now? (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Oh, the presence of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like the Holy Ghost is wanting to do something here. The Holy Ghost is wanting to minister to somebody's heart right now. <laughs> I think this has just become a prayer meeting right now. Hallelujah. Won't you take your needs to the Lord in the name of Jesus? Call out to him right now in the name of John. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes Jesus yes Jesus yes Jesus Oh yada bagus otorada yada bosotoriada Yada yada da bosotoriada da bosotorada Oh yes Lord Jesus speak to us God Thank you Jesus thank you God Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. There's no better time than right now just to give yourself over to the Lord. Hallelujah. We may get to the preacher. We may not. But let's just give ourselves over to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we right now clap our hands and lift up our voices in praise and worship? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you, God, for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good here today? Amen. Oh, I'm just in love with the presence of God. Thank you so much for being sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. Let us continue just to flow in that Spirit today, all right? Hallelujah. Let's not cut it off or shut it down or anything like that. Let's continue to allow God to speak to us. I did want to say just a couple things before I started to preach. We do have our Bible bread reading chart in the back there on the giving at the giving table, what this is, is the adult version is you read the Bible through the year. So it has days and every day you read some of the Bible, maybe a couple chapters, maybe three or four chapters of the Bible every day. And if you keep up with it, by the end of the year, you will have read the entire Bible. It's an amazing tool. It has helped me greatly. In fact, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've done this. I believe I've done it for about 16 years now. I've done this. This is my the way that I continually read the Bible and keep up the habit. It's through this right here. I'd encourage you to go pick one up. Before 2022, we got just a few days left. Uh, so go pick one up. There's also a version for the children. It's a lot less. It's only about one or two chapters Uh, Yep, just about one chapter a day for the children. Now, it won't allow them to read through the entire Bible, but it will get them through a large portion of the Bible by doing that. So if you've got kids, this is a great way to encourage them to get a Bible. Or if maybe you gave them a Bible on Christmas, or maybe you want to give it to them as a New Year's gift, buy them a Bible, put this in it, encourage them to do it, tell them you're going to be doing it too, and make it a family event or a family uh, thing. I also, if you speak Spanish, we also have Spanish back there. This is the first year we've got Spanish. So if you, got, uh, if you speak Spanish or know somebody who speaks Spanish, we've got it in Spanish as well. I believe it's so important to read the Bible, right? And it's so important to read the Bible consistently, Obviously, just reading the Bible is able to change your life, but what will greatly change your life is if you read the Bible every day. Hallelujah. I start to notice when I've gone a little while without reading the Bible, and I mean like in this way. I'm always studying for sermons and doing all this, but without just sitting down and reading the Bible, I can tell. It's like I feel dry in my spirit, and I remind my, oh, man, oh, that's right. I haven't read the Bible. That's what's going on here. You know, I feel the same way when I don't pray every day. Maybe take a couple days and maybe just so busy I I, I broke my habit of prayer or something like that. I said, oh, man, I feel dry. I need to, I need to get back in it. I got to start praying again. Because that's why we call it bread. We call it our daily bread. Because you can't live without the Bible. Hallelujah. You need the Bible every day in your life, just like we need the Holy Ghost. We need the prayer every day. We need the Bible every day, and this is a great way to do it. You say, well, you know, I always get started in it, and then I mess up. I don't read for a while. Then I, you know, I'm so far behind. I do that every single year. Every single year I get behind because, you know, there's portions and times where I just get so busy that I don't have time to read it, so I get behind. But that's okay. You just keep on going. You just keep doing it. Try to catch up if you want to or don't even catch up. Just keep on going and keep reading every day. Hallelujah. Because that's what's important, right? Amen. Well, it's so wonderful to have you guys here. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you got a chance to spend it with your family. I have just a short little sermon today. I don't plan on preaching long, but man, I feel like it's just stirring in my heart. As you see, the sermon title today is Jesus' greatest accomplishment. Now, this may be, again, very simple. Maybe you've come to conclusions already as to what his greatest accomplishment really is. I, I'm sure if we went around the room, we could all label at least one great accomplish that Jesus had. He, of course, has many titles. To his name, many trophies, if you will, and things that he's done so well. In fact, there's many things in Scripture that Jesus did that nobody else in Scripture had ever done. Nobody else in Scripture before, I'm sure, I'd imagine probably afterwards it would be done, but at least in Scriptures beforehand had not been done. Stuff like turning water into wine. Although we know that, uh, you know, Elijah was instrumental in healing the bitter water being used by God, no one had ever transformed water into a different type of substance, Uh, at least not that we know of. These are things that Jesus did that nobody else had ever done. Nobody else had ever walked on water before. God had parted the waters. He'd walked on dry ground, but never had anybody walked on water before. Jesus had done so many things that nobody else had done. Now, there had been some prophets who had raised the dead, believe it or not, in the Old Testament, but nobody has ever raised themselves from the dead from grave, the grave. Hallelujah. So that is unique to Jesus Christ, something that he's done that nobody else had ever done before him. And of course, we could go on and on about the amazing miracles That Jesus has done. Isn't it amazing? I just love reading the Gospels and reading about the blind eyes being opened and the lame man walking and the deaf ears popping and hallelujah. It's a a, a great passage of scripture when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you don't have a reading schedule or you've never read the Bible before, I encourage you start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And just go from there. Hallelujah. Because it's incredible. All the things that Jesus has done. We look at Jesus and we don't just see a man, right? We see a miracle worker. Hallelujah. We look at Jesus, we see a miracle worker, we see a prophet, we see a Messiah, a savior, we see all of these different things. But this is the incredible part. This is, this is something that I find this, just, just mind blowing. All of these things that Jesus did on the earth that nobody else had ever done. You know that Jesus himself, he claimed that you and me could do the same. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. John chapter 14 and verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, I tell you. Praise God. Looks like we're starting at a different place here. Hallelujah. But verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Hallelujah. He says, If you believe on Jesus Christ then all of these amazing miracles that he did, you'll be able to do them too. Come on, isn't that life-changing, praise God? He says, and even greater works than these shall he do. That means today not only can we expect when the time comes that we can walk on water, but we can run on water, hallelujah, Praise the Lord because he says these things and greater shall ye do because I go unto my Father. And every time he says I go unto my Father, the implication is if I go unto my Father, I will come back again through my spirit. So if you've got the spirit of the Lord here today, then you can expect to do greater things and greater miracles and preach greater sermons because Jesus is inside of you. His spirit works and operates within your body. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. All of these things and more we shall be able to do. Verse 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So I'm not here to claim that you have the power within your own body, but you have the power... Hallelujah, by the Holy Spirit which is inside of you and by the authority of the name of Jesus, you can perform miracles, you can see healings, you can prophesy and pray blessings over people, that's right, even you can, hallelujah, everybody shout I can, do it again, shout I can, oh praise God. We can do anything that Jesus did. So all of these great, amazing miracles, we can see them in the church today. They didn't end with Jesus or the apostles. It's continued even today. We know that Jesus lived his whole life without sin It had never been done before on the face of the earth. Well, you know that we can live our lives without sin? They say, well, Pastor, it's a little late for that. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus, when we repent of our sins, He wipes the slate clean. And it's it's as if I've never sinned before in my life so when you repent and call on the lord you become like jesus you are a sinless human being and you continue to walk in that sin sinless lifestyle through the power of the holy ghost come on i'm telling you anything jesus did we can do it too amen hallelujah jesus preached with authority the bible says Matthew 7 28, they were so bewildered, amazed. Says Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Why? Because he taught them as one having authority. That word authority is the same word we see translated over and over again as power. He had power to preach. Let me tell you something. I know it's the day after Christmas. We're supposed to be patty caking and all that around here. But let me tell you something. You've got the power to preach. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got the power to preach the gospel. You've got the power to deliver the word of God to your friends and family members. You've got the power to deliver the word of God to your neighbors and your coworkers. You've got the power. Say, well, well Pastor, how do I know that? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is in the English, a standard version. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the end of the world. So he's saying you've got the authority, the power to be a witness for me. Hallelujah. And all of the amazing sermons Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount, the parables, all of these things we can also preach with authority and power of the Holy Ghost. But may I communicate to you today that his sermons was not his greatest accomplishment. And although I hope today you would desire to preach, Be used by God to witness to your friends and family members. It is of the utmost importance. It is a commandment from the Lord. However, let me be very clear. That will not be our greatest accomplishment. Nor will we be known necessarily from that act alone. Jesus, of course, did many great things beyond just preaching. We've already talked about many of the miracles that he did, but can you throw up Luke chapter 4 and verse 40? This is just one passage of scripture, but look at this. Now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto Jesus, and he laid his hands on every one. Everybody say, everyone of them and healed them a town of sick people, and Jesus healed them all. Isn't that amazing? Here's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see Stuart completely healed of all disease, completely healed of any sickness or pain, Hallelujah. Well, guess what? If we've got faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says we shall do these works and greater. Come on. I'm ready to see the hospitals emptied out. I'm ready to see miracles and signs and wonders. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. If you could throw up Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Look at this. This is Jesus talking and he's talking to the church. Mark 16 and 17, praise God, it looks like something went wrong here with the loading of these slides, and I apologize, but it says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall you cast out devils you shall speak with new tongues. If you take up any serpent or any deadly thing and drink it, it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you know you're not a doctor and you don't need to go to eight plus years of school in order to heal the sick because you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you and Jesus is able to heal the sick through you if you've got faith. Oh, praise God. Come on now. I'm talking about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to perform miracles and signs and wonders. And I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen it. People healed of their sicknesses. Sister, uh, Cynthia's mom being healed of cancer several years ago. Hallelujah, we've seen it. I had a woman that I'll just tell a short, short story. I had a, a lady, I was in Costa Rica at a big uh, conference and, and we were there and, and we were preaching and praying for people and they had just a, a whole bunch of people, thousands of people there. And I was in the altar, and I was walking around, and I was praying for people. Mind you, I don't speak Spanish, so don't come try to talk to me after service in Spanish. I'll maybe pick out a few words, but I don't speak it. (laughs) I'm not fluent. But I was there, and I was praying for people. And this, this lady, I'd walked up to her, and there was another girl from our trip that I did know, but I didn't know the lady. I walked over to her. She said, She asked prayer for her back and her spine because it's crooked. It's very messed up. And you could see her kind of standing just almost like she was uncomfortable. And I just, I said, okay. And I I closed my eyes for a moment. I told the lady who was with me, I said, put your hand on her back. And she did. And I put my hand on her hand. I didn't want to be inappropriate. So I put my hand on her hand, and we began to pray. Now, in Hispanic cultures, and especially overseas, it's very common for them to fall out, right? They just kind of fall down onto the, to the floor uh, when you pray for them. So this is what this lady did. We prayed for her, but I felt the Holy Ghost. She laid out on the, the ground. She fell down, and I just went and started praying for other people, I just, I felt like God had done something. After service, I was walking around greeting everybody, and I came to this lady that we had prayed for. And of course, I didn't know what she was saying, I, I couldn't tell what she was trying to say. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand. She just looked me in the eyes and she did this. Hallelujah. She looked me in the eye and she just did this sign which if you know in sign language, that means straight. Hallelujah, and I knew God had performed the miracle, and God had healed her back, and she walked away looking as comfortable as possible because God still heals, and God still performs miracles. Oh, praise God. And I'm telling you, it's not because I'm a preacher or a pastor. It's because I had faith, I've seen plenty of people who weren't preachers or pastors have faith and see healings and miracles and signs and wonders. You've got the Holy Ghost. You can see it too. Oh, praise God. (coughs) I recognize the Bible says when someone is sick among us, let them call for the elders of the church. For good reason, they're the ones who contain the most faith, or at least should have the most faith. Hallelujah. But that doesn't mean that if something happens, you don't turn right around, lay your hands on them, and pray, believing that God's going to heal them. Amen. Every time my child gets hurt, you better believe the first thing I do is I lay hands on them and we pray for them. Hallelujah, I don't know where you're at or I don't, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing, you lay hands on them and you pray for them because we're, there's still power in prayer. And we can see miracles and signs and wonders when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, do you believe that here today? Why don't you clap your hands in faith and say, I believe that Jesus can use me Jesus performed any miracles, signs, and wonders. Yet, no matter how many blinded eyes were opened, no matter how many deaf ears popped, His miracles was not His greatest accomplishment. And today, I'm trying to encourage you, remind you, we absolutely do have this power. Hallelujah. You can step out in faith. Yet at the same time, we must recognize the greatest power we have is not necessarily to perform miracles. We see many scriptures where Jesus did more than just heal the sick. But he also cast out those who had demonic spirits living inside of them. And I won't go too detailed in this, but Matthew 8, 16 says, When the evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with devils, and he cast the spirits with his word. Hallelujah. And he healed all them that were sick. Absolutely, we have the power over any demonic presence. Amen. We have the authority in the spiritual realm. Just as we have authority here on the earth, we also have authority in the spiritual realm when we have the name of Jesus. I I know of several friends of mine. In fact, there was a a house down the road of our house that they had a family and man, there was just a messed up situation. Again, I won't go into details on all of that but there was things happening in their home that they were very, very concerned about. And I remember her telling me, we, we you know, my, my family were not very religious. My, my mom, she goes to church, but, but they go to a church that preaches in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. She said, but even though we weren't very religious, and my mom would go to a church that believed that we knew That when something would begin to happen, we needed to call out the name of Jesus. (laughs) Oh, praise God. We needed to call out the name of Jesus. She said, because we knew there was power in the name of Jesus to cast out demons There's power over the devil in the name of Jesus. That's why Mark 16, 17, we already said it, but the first portion, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. Hallelujah. Praise God, you've got the spiritual authority in your home. If you see things happening, you feel like something's happening, you need to take the spiritual authority as a Holy Ghost-filled Christian and to claim the dominion that you have in the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God. I know you want to call on the pastor, and that's fine. Call on me. I'll come pray with you, but I won't do it without you. Why? Because you're a Holy Ghost filled Christian. There is no demon that can touch you without the Lord's permission. You've got power over Him. You've got power over demonic presence. You've got power over witchcraft. Oh, praise God. You've got power over these things. You do not need to be afraid. You do not need to be fearful. You've got power. Now, if you con- continually put yourself in a position where you're watching horror movies and doing all this, then you're opening yourself up to it. Hallelujah. But you've got power over these things by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And again, I could give you several stories where I've seen this with my own eyes. God overcoming. Let me just, let me just state this because I think this is pretty innocent. I, I mean, not it, you know, you'll understand. Praise God. <laughs> but when I first started getting back into church, and some of you have heard this story before, maybe a million times, we'll see. But um I started to really get back into church, started serving God, and you know, I kind of had it in my mind. That when I would lay in bed, you know, that the devil was out to get me, right? We sometimes get into that mindset. The devil is out to get me. And it may be true. It may absolutely be true. But I had it in my mindset, and the devil used that, right? The devil uses your fears. He manifests himself through your fears. If you hadn't had that fear to begin with, the devil couldn't do anything. But he manifests himself through your fears. I was feeding in to this idea. I must be a man of God. I must be, I'm on my way to do something amazing because look, the devil's after me. And every time I laid in bed, I'd lay there for hours having chill bumps down my spine. I'd have goosebumps all over my arm. I'd be so afraid to turn around in bed because I believe 100% there was a demon behind me. Anybody ever been there? Where you felt something? Again, I'm not here to claim that it was or wasn't. I, I truly don't know, but I know my fear was manifesting this. Hallelujah. And it happened night after night after night for months. I hardly got any sleep because I was up every night, afraid, fearful. And the crazy thing is, I thought it was a good thing, Brother Wilfred. I thought it was a sign. God's anointing must be on me. I finally just snapped out of it and realized I don't think God wants me to be sleepy all the time, because I'm not getting any sleep. I said, I don't think this is what God wants for me. I don't care how great your future is. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you to continue in things like that. And I'm not saying that God won't allow hard things to happen in your life in order to prepare you or to use you in great ways. But what I'm saying is sometimes we persist in these things with this naive idea that it's because God's preparing me. When all the while, really all it took was just one little prayer of faith. And so what I started doing, I laid in bed, and I tested it out. The first night, I laid there, I said, God, I don't think you want me to go without sleep. So in Jesus' name, I pray that, God, you'd put angels around our property, and protect me from all spiritual and physical evil. In Jesus' name, amen. And that was it. You know what? I had spent hours and hours praying, Brother Wilfred. Hours and hours praying every night. And then all it took was that short little prayer. I got the best night of sleep that I had gotten in Months And can I tell you that although I'd had other experiences other times, that never happened again. And I still to this day, every time I lay my head down on the pillow, I pray, Lord, place your angels around this property and keep us safe from all spiritual and physical evil. I was nothing in the church, but I had faith, and I knew that God's hand was on me. God's hand is on you. You've got authority over the devil. You've got authority over his demons. Hallelujah. All you need to do is have some faith. All oh, you need. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can we go ahead and call out to the Lord for a moment? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Oh, da Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yes, Lord. Going into 2022, I want to encourage you, church. You've got power and authority in the Holy Ghost. If you believe that, would you clap your hands right now? <laughs> Yet this wasn't Jesus' greatest accomplishment. He cast many devils out, demons. We see in the New Testament they cast many devils out, demons. You're going to go through some major trials and tribulations. You're going to fight demon after demon. Maybe it'll manifest itself like that. Maybe it'll just manifest itself through stress and anxiety. You're going to fight these things, and you're going to win against these things. Amen? But that's not going to represent your greatest accomplishment. And I know this is simple. And I know you've probably already arrived to this before I've even made my point. But Jesus' greatest accomplishment wasn't the fact that he lived sinless, and it wasn't the fact that he performed miracles or had power over the devil. His greatest accomplishment, truly, was the fact that he gave his life for somebody else. And He sacrificed all that He had and all that He was so that we could be saved. And if I may just suggest today, the day after Christmas, about to go into the new year, the greatest thing that we could ever do in this world is to give ourselves for other people. John chapter 15 and verse 13, it tells us this, I know you know this, but can we re-examine this? Greater love hath no man than this, but that a man lay down his life for his friends. There is no greater accomplishment that you or I will ever have than when we personally give of ourselves. When we sacrifice our time and our energy, our finances for somebody else's benefit. And I know Christmas season, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of complication behind it, and sometimes it's not always the most joyful time for a parent because the entire time we are trying to give of ourselves for our kids and those around us. Can I tell you that around this time as we're giving to others, we're never more like Jesus Christ. It's time today that we recognize I've got power, I've got authority but the greatest thing I have to give is to give myself for other people Jesus in John 10 18 and I'm almost done if we could stand Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 18 this is his life No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And he says this, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. The greatest power that you have today isn't to perform miracles or cast out demons, The greatest power you have today is the power to give of yourself for somebody else. It's the power to say, I may be hurting, but they're receiving their blessing. Great love manifests great power. And in Philippians chapter three and verse ten, and this is it, this is where I'll I'll stop here, but Philippians chapter three and ten he says that I may know Jesus and the power, everybody say power of his resurrection. He wanted to know that resurrecting power, that power that was able to bring the dead body of Jesus Christ back to life again. Hallelujah. As a church, often that's what we're pursuing. He says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. But this is the recognition He comes to. If I am to know of the power of His resurrection And I also need to be in fellowship with his suffering. I need to recognize how that he died for other people. If I want to walk like Jesus walked, I have to give myself like Jesus gave himself. And if I want to operate in the power that Jesus operated in to perform miracles, then I need to operate in the power of giving myself to other people. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says that we must deny ourselves and take up our cross. And follow him. We can't even be part of that kingdom. We can't even be part of the power of that kingdom. Unless we first say. Here am I God. I give you me. So today I want to encourage you to give your life over to Jesus. Jesus. Just surrender it all over to Him and say, God, whatever you want from me, even if it's at an inconvenience to me, I give myself to you. And I want you to leave this building knowing there's nothing greater you can do right now. There's no greater gift you can give anybody else than of yourself, your time, your energy your finances, whatever it may be. Hallelujah. Can we come down to this altar and say, I've got the power and I'm going to exercise that power right now by laying myself down on the altar. God, I know that I've had dreams, Lord of great things, but God, right now I lay them down on the altar. If those things are not your will, if that's not your plan, then Jesus, I gave them to you. And I have the power right now to lay them down at your feet. Oh, God, I know we've had these plans. We've had things we've wanted. Lord, we've got relationships in our lives, Lord God, that that we feel, Lord, aren't right, but we've been having a hard time to let them go. Oh, but God, right now I exercise my power and I lay it down on the altar. Lord, I lay down my heart on the altar. I give you myself, Lord. I believe the Lord looks for a generation of complete surrender. a generation that will say, I can't myself a